I'm Jason. I'm John. And I'm Marquis. And this is Just, Just Getting, Getting By. A free talk forum about the creative process and the wounds that hold us back from achieving our goals. Each week, building a roadmap through dialogue with working and struggling artists about how to better manifest a successful show business career. Hi everyone, it's John here. This week we spoke with Jesse Goldwater. I met Jesse a decade ago when he was studying acting at the Stella Adler Studio in New York. Jesse's grandfather was one of the founders of Archie Comics back in 1939. At some point throughout the years, his family lost their interest in the company. At the time we met, his family had an opportunity to regain control of the company, which held the intellectual property for Archie, Sabrina, Josie and the Pussycats, and many more. As a family-run company, they've been able to bring these characters into the 21st century and to screens all over the world in the form of Riverdale and the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Jesse offered us a lens into working with family, balancing aspirations, and using social media as a means of therapeutic, authentic self-expression. He is kind, humble, and single, ladies. Here's our interview with Jesse Goldwater. crack this uh, seltzer, which is fantastic. I, I actually not going to lie, the Kroger seltzer is quite good. <laughs> this is generic. not sponsored. Generic, generic, but, no, but you know what? I'm just seltzer. throwing it out there, you know, and I mean, Kroger, if you're listening, you it's, know, Ralph, if you want to send some free seltzers this way, you should do it. We love it. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no LaCroix, but yeah. it's, it's... You know, this is a 100% fun. true story. I have done drugs in my lifetime, and I've never drank in the LaCroix. Never in my lifetime. What? Yes. You know what? And I feel like I never should. I feel like it's like my one gimmick that I have is that I've never, nothing against LaCroix. I've just never done it. So I feel like I shouldn't. I feel you like can't I can't start now. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my whole thing is like, you know, I've taken psychedelics, but I've never drank LaCroix. You know, that's like my, it's like my one, you know. That's a fame. Yeah. It's, it's a good, you can use that on your Tinder date. On yeah. I, that's what I'm going to do. I, I, you know, I hope she finds it uh, <laughs> stimulating. That, that's her in with me. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, you know what we got to do is, you know, we got to have sex and you got to drink LaCroix. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks for coming out here. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. I see you in literally years. Yeah. You Tell know, me. You, you and John. What have you been doing the last 10 years? Uh, it's a good, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot because we, we met at NYU. Um, and uh, I always wanted to do film and TV, and it was, it was always my passion. Um, at the time you were studying acting. I was studying acting. Still do that. But um, now mostly a lot of what I do is film and TV stuff. Um, I work in comic books, uh, do stuff uh, for Archie Comics, and um, we've developed a bunch of shows. We have... Riverdale on the CW. I've heard of them. It's not, not a bad show. It's a, it's a decent show. I'm kind of a fan. And uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. And then we have a, we have a bunch of other stuff coming. But um, I've been kind of doing that uh, thing for the last, you know, 10 years, basically. And uh, it's been cool. It's been fun. Nice. Um, in regards to the other things that are coming, are they also from the com- the comic book world? Yes, they're they're all a lot of it's from the. I mean, we want to do ori- I want to do original stuff too, and everyone are, we I work with wants to do original stuff. But day to day, it's a lot of it's from the comic book world. Archie Comics has got like a deep library of characters. Same with Marvel mm-hmm. and DC and all that. So we have um, a Riverdale spinoff show coming called Katie Keene. Mm. Uh, which is coming uh, mid-season, I think next year, January sometime. Nice. Uh, which is also one of our characters. Um, 
it's going to be on CW, and yeah, so a lot of it's a lot of the comic book stuff, and, and working in comic books too, working on the books and stuff, it's, it's a lot of fun. Now, so. if I remember, when we became friends, um, Archie had once been in your family, and yeah. then it was no longer, and then you were, your family was working to try to reacquire it, is that? Yeah, there was, there was an opportunity for us to come back, come back in, uh, and we were able to do that, which is really cool, so it was, it's kind of a... Um, a cool fortuitous thing it's something that obviously I'd always been I love the characters uh, as part of my family's history my grandfather founded the company and was one of the creators of Archie and all that so it was something I always I loved but you know um, having the opportunity to come in and work on it was something that was unexpected and really exciting and you know life sometimes has funny ways of working which is really cool so. at the time uh you were telling me i was thinking oh cool you know he'll be in the world of comics um i didn't imagine what would come of it yeah. w- was that in your guys mind you and your family's mind as you were trying the to- vision ultimately was always film and tv because you know comic books especially when they first started in the 1930s you know that was that was the most modern form of storytelling then um, you know, people sat and they listened to the radio or they went to the comic book shop or the, I, there wasn't really comic book shops, actually. That's completely not true. Comic book <laughs> shops didn't exist. They had the newsstand. And, you know, they'd go and they'd read pulled co- pulp comics and things. And, you know, comics are still very much the, the, the bread and butter of what we do. And, and they're still so creatively fulfilling. But obviously, money-wise, you want to get into film and TV because that's where all the money is. But also creatively, I think it's like, it's the most exciting and most modern form of, of storytelling we currently have, whether it's comics or, or any kind. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's it's a shared experience, and it's I don't know, it's just it's it's something that I always thought would bring the characters and all of us thought into the twenty first century. So it was always kind of the goal. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's really worked. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, uh, you know, everyone who works on the shows, you know, they're just they're geniuses. So. You know, I got nothing nothing to say except I bow down to, you know, everyone. Roberto, Gary Sacasa, and all those people was fucking geniuses. So, What is your role over there? Day to day, I work on some of the production side and the development. Uh, I work, uh, we're still a family business, which is cool. Uh, we're actually the last major comic book publisher that's privately owned because, you know, Marvel's with uh, Disney, Disney. And, and, and DC's with Warner Brothers. So we're the last one that's prob- uh, privately owned. So... I work with my dad and my sister and, and kind of going through the, the IP and, and mining it and trying to set up things for, for the future and, you know, trying to develop pitches and things to hopefully create new shows to entertain people, mm-hmm. hopefully get people to laugh and cry and all sorts of cool shit. So, so 10 years ago at NYU, yeah. was that your plan to go into production or did you want to do something that was different no well you know initially i went to nyu for um for acting and theater Mm -hmm. and uh you know when i got into nyu you know the whole this whole thing was something that just wasn't even on my radar because it hadn't might happened yet um but um then i mean my passion always was was film uh, and the thing that I always loved, and don't get me wrong, like, I love doing theater, I love working on scenes, especially when I got to NYU, I discovered a huge love of Shakespeare, which is something that I'll be honest, I didn't have till I got there, especially because I, I was in Stella Adler, uh, and they they very much make that a core part of what they teach there right. as part of their training, and it, it helped me really learn how amazing those texts are. Um, 
But, um, you know, I my, my passion was always film. So I, to me, the thing I cared most about always was whether or not I was in front of the camera or, or behind the camera. I just liked being on sets. I liked I liked creating something that ultimately could be shared and shared again and again and again. Like mm-hmm. the thing that's amazing about theater is it's a live experience with people in a moment. Every night it's different. What I love about film and TV is the fact that it's just it's set in time. An episode of television doesn't change. You watch it 20 years later, it's still the same episode of TV. Right. A, a great movie is still a great movie decades later. You know, and that that to me was something that I always loved. So I, I always wanted to be involved no matter where my life or my journey took me in the film and TV side of things because I, I just loved the idea of creating something that, you know, could be enjoyed again and again and again. That right. to me was something that was so cool, you know. With the success of Riverdale and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, have you received offers for people to acquire the company? Has you have you and your yeah. family talked about like you want to stay private no matter how much someone's willing to pay? Have you talked about like <laughs> yeah. oh, okay if they offer us a billion we'll take that? Or, yeah, you know, like. I mean right now I mean you know we're just focusing on just trying to keep the shows going and all that but you uh-huh. know hey, you know who's yeah to if say? you can take the check who's to say now? you know will we start to see any kind of like Stan Lee. Um, appearances where you or any of your family oh that's funny I, you know, I don't know I, that's there. a good idea we like, haven't you've done that haven't I you? did I did a cameo I did a cameo in, in, in one of the episodes which was super fun so recently I, right? yeah, I was in season this past season season 3 I was uh, a blackjack dealer oh for so, Riverdale yeah so that was pretty fun I, I played a character named Johnny Goldwater so, <laughs> so uh, it was it was it was fun but uh, you know We'll see. But, you know, it's cool. The cool thing with the sh- those shows, too, is there's been a lot of cool cameos and stuff, no matter what, um, from uh, just actors and things. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Nice. Yeah. So are you still wanting to act? I do. I do. You know, it's like, it's funny. I actually, I, um, you know, I came out here, putting aside all the other stuff, I came out here initially to act. And I was auditioning a lot and had agents and, and all that stuff. And, you know, it's very easy. I never got disgruntled. I actually love the audition process. That's something to me that never bothered me. Mm-hmm. Like you send me an audition, I don't care if the, you got to put it on a self tape or you got to be there. You know, in less than twenty four hours. That to me never bothered me. What got to me was all the other stuff. You know, like like I don't mind going to casting sessions and things like that. They're super important. But just like the the weird schmoozy thing and people being like, oh, what have you done lately and all that that kind of stuff. It was something to me that I just like. I don't know, like, I, I couldn't, I love the work, the rest of it to me was, was hard, you know, so I kind of, I kind of stepped, stepped back from it for a while, um, but, um, you know, and then, and then you stop auditioning, and you stop taking classes and things, and it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, so in the last year, I've actually started taking classes again, and it's just like, I, to me, it's something that's both fulfilling, um, you know, ultimately, yeah, sure, work-wise, whatever, but also, um, just on a personal level, it's, it's, it's something that's deeply fulfilling. If it's something that's ever been a part of your life, I think no matter what, whether it's something you continue with professionally or not, when you go back and do it, you go, oh yeah, this is fun. Like, like you, you, you never forget the first time you took an acting class or something. I mean, I remember I was like, I think I was like nine when I took my first acting class Mm -hmm. or something. And it's like I still – I remember that better than like what I did last week. You know what I mean? It's like I can't fucking remember what I ate for breakfast, but I remember taking my acting class when I was nine. I don't know how it is for you guys, but – or whatever, you know, but. So we may see you out there. So you're going to start auditioning again? 
Yeah, man, I hope so. I hope yeah. people will see me. I have no clue. Right. You know, but yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What would be like a dream role or like what, what type of. Yeah, you know, that's always, you know, like, that's, like, this is, like, honestly the truth. I never have had a good answer for that because, like, here's my thing with dream roles. Dream roles for me are things people have always, like, I'm basing them on things people have already done. Mm -hmm, You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, would I love to do something like Pacino and Godfather 2, which is, in my opinion, the greatest single performance of all time? Yeah, of course, but he did it. So, like, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't do it. But, like, like, one of the things I've always wanted is, like, I've wanted, like, to be a bad guy in an action movie mm-hmm. and get like a sick death. Like I want like a, like I want like a gun battle in the snow and like my head blown off and there's just like blood <laughs> everywhere because it looks fucking awesome in the snow. <laughs> and that's like you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I wanted, you know. So I guess that's my dream role is just I getting violently that. killed. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. How is it working with your family? It's great. It's amazing. I mean, they're your family. They know you better than anybody. For better and for worse. Right. But uh, <laughs> it's 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 amazing. I mean, you know, I look, I've been very everyone's life and experiences are different. I've been very blessed that my family before any my entire life they've always been my closest friends. So, um you know, they're the people I'm the most comfortable around. And I think in a lot of ways, and this has nothing to do with them, but I think in a lot of ways my my comfort around them has affected me being able to, I don't want to say be a part of the world, but, you know, I can be an incredibly guarded person. It's like I struggle with this a lot, especially being in entertainment or, or just I think it's just something all adults struggle with is like I on one hand am incredibly open. But on the other hand, I'm like incredibly guarded, or at least I feel like I am. I feel that pressure. Like I've always felt mm-hmm. like there's a, like a side to me that's like, you know, like I, I, I get very comfortable and open with people to a point. And maybe that's universal. Maybe everyone's like that. But, you know, the cool thing is at least with them is, you know, they just, I mean, they've known me since literally I took my first breath. So there's right. no secret. You know what I mean? It's just like, but um, yeah, on the day to day, I mean, it's amazing. You know, I what mean, if, working with anyone in an office can drive you insane at a certain point. Sure. Yeah. What about when you're not at the office, when you're at Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. It, does work come up? It does. It does. It does. <laughs> it does. Is there it's ever like, like a, all right, we're shutting it off. No more work talk. We got to just be a family. Uh, Sometimes. Yes. Some, And it depends. And it like rotates on who does it. Like it's not like a specific, it's not like there's that one person that's like, I can't fucking take, the, you know what I mean? It, it rotates. But, um, you know, yes, there definitely, there definitely is. So with, but the good thing is the work is fun. So it's like, you know, right. It's fun well, to talk about it. Yeah. Well, with the success of the two series that are currently out and the ones that are coming, is there support from your family with you still wanting to do acting? They've one. They've always been supportive. I've been lucky. My family has always been supportive of me doing anything I mm-hmm. wanted to do. So in a certain sense, I kind of have no excuses that like if twenty years from now my life ends up a fucking failure, <laughs> it, I can't blame them. They've always right. been like, you know, I've been lucky that they've always said do whatever you want to do. It makes you happy, mm-hmm. which in a certain sense adds its own pressure because like I'm like I don't know. I'm thirty and I I still don't know what makes me happy. Like when I was twenty, I thought oh by the time I'm thirty I'll know exactly. Like I don't know if you guys have had that, but I have this moving goalpost thing of happiness where I'm like oh, I'll get to it in five years. And that's not to say that I'm unhappy, mm-hmm. but it's like one of those things where I always like I always feel like that next phase will will be greater. Will be greater yeah. exactly. Like oh it will just I'll be figured out then. And like all of a sudden I woke up and I'm like holy shit, like, I still feel like I don't know, I still wake up every single day 
feeling like I have no fucking clue what I'm doing, which is maybe everybody. I Literally. Know. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, you guys wake up every day and you just go, I don't know what I'm going to do today. And you know what you're going – I mean, like, yes, you know I have to do these things. I have to go to this right. meeting. I have errands. I have whatever. But, like, literally, like, I, you know, I feel like I – I'm never moving forward. And then all of a sudden, then we'll sit down and like, we're doing this today. We're doing this podcast, which is super fun, by the way. Thank you for having me. But it's like, we'll like, and then I'll be like, oh, talk about the last 10 years. I'm like, oh shit. Like there's been a crazy thing from like the time we all met like at ETW right. rolling around on the floor and, and drawing <laughs> like octopuses with crayons in Mary Overly's class. And I'm like, what, you know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, holy shit. I'm a, changed. Right. A lot's changed. Yeah. I'm a completely different human being. But I'm also feel like I'm totally the same, which is also right. maybe the great uh, I don't know uh, irony of human existence. I I have no idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how is it? It seems like you're a go between between the the business side yeah. and the creative side. Yes. Is that what I'm so, yeah. um how do you get along with both? Are there egos that that pop up? You know, uh, and which which one is harder to get along with, the creative or, or the that's the a suits? good that's a good because you're not a suit. No, you know, he's not, he's wearing a flannel shirt. I'm, and, yeah, you know, I'm wearing I'm wearing cuffed a, jeans, cuffed jeans, and uh, a pair some dirty sneakers, dirty sneakers, a Yankees cap. A, yeah. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, 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 Air Force Ones that I've had for seven years. Um, oh, with a little bronze. Yeah, a little Check. bronze. A little, a little bronze. Um, uh, you know, I think and this isn't a cop-out answer. I really mean it. It's like you'll encounter egos on, on both sides and everywhere. It's like my experience, and I think this is just in all business and just – the, the state of the world right now, it's like I've generally found that the most successful people are the nicest and the ones that, you know, the ones that are dicks, it's like it's not necessarily that they're unsuccessful. I don't want to be that harsh about it, but it's like they, they – that's on them. They have something to prove. It's like, I you know, everyone's, everyone's defensive about their area. Me too. It's like people – who likes to be criticized or who likes to, you know – be told you're not doing this right or that someone disagrees or whatever. It's like no one likes that. But I've, I've generally found it's it's 50-50. I don't find one is worse than the other. I just find it's like it's a case-by-case basis on, on people. And that without making this too much of a self-help kumbaya fucking thing, it's like I, I found that like, you know, you pick and choose the people you want to associate with and work with and spend your time with. And if you're lucky enough to hopefully find a few good ones, those are the people you continue to, you know, keep in touch with and work with and, and all that stuff. Right. Have you had moments in the content where you've wanted to push the envelope and you've gotten pushed back? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, there's been, and, and the, I mean, if you watch the, the Riverdale, especially and Sabrina, they're, they're very, different (laughs) from from the comics um i mean chilling adventures was based on a uh horror version of the comic book that um uh roberto had written for archie um so that one there was already a template but you know of of an adult sabrina thing and it's just Mm -hmm. brilliant but um you know on the shows you know riverdale look it's it's very different uh situationally maybe um, from the comics, but I think like one of the things we talk about a lot, and I think this is just, you know, whether or not you work in comics, it's like when you're just trying to tell stories or whatever, it's like, we, we always say like, you have to trust the characters, you know, it's like in our case, these are characters that have been around a long time. You know, they've been around almost 80 years. Mm -hmm. Um, there's certain things about them that are universal. 
you know. And I think on the shows, one of the things that has been so cool is we haven't received pushback because yeah, it's like yeah, there's there's gangs and there's there's drug things and whatever and all these crazy over the top situations that maybe aren't in like a classic Archie comic but Archie's still Archie he's still the good guy who will do anything for his friends you know Betty and Veronica their friendship is tighter than anything Jughead's always the guy that marches to the beat of his own drum but is also there for the rest of the gang you know what I mean and I think it's like when you're trying to tell a story whether something that's been you know around for a long time or just your own unique thing, it's like, if there's something human and universal about it, especially when it comes to the characters, that's what will resonate with people. I think part of the problem is, is like when there's pushback on things, you know, especially whether it's an IP thing, it's like you're... And, ch- and tell us what, what is IP? Intellectual property. You know, right. like like basically like uh, Batman, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Uh, uh, but... Uh, when you when you change too much of something that people identify with, that's when it's like something that I think that's when you start to get the pushback, you know, because and that's and it, from the audience actually from the audience, right. you know, um, you know, because people whether or not you're a hardcore comic book fan or just a casual observer you're just going to the movies or watch TV, you you understand the human experience, you understand what makes certain things tick. And you'll watch and you go, well, I don't know, like, this isn't working for me. Like, I'm not feeling it. And that's the reason why is because they've changed the DNA of it. They've changed the thing that makes it universal. And, why, and thus, if you're changing that, then, of course, people aren't going to feel like it's working for them. And ultimately, they're not going to care. Right. You know, so uh, I don't know. That was a very circuitous answer. I hope that I hope <laughs> that's that great. How much time do you spend reading what your viewers think? Um, you know, i got to be honest. I mean, at this point, a lot of it, I, I've kind of. I kind of know the general sense, but like, I mean, especially season one, this is 100% the truth. I would have the episodes on TV and I'd be sitting at home on my couch because the show was on, you know, eight, nine o'clock and I'd be sitting on my couch and I'd literally be refreshing Twitter and just reading every, like I, I did it. You know what I mean? I can't <laughs> say that's what other people do, but mm-hmm. I literally read every single thing people <laughs> tweeted in real time while the episode was on. Like I didn't, you know, that was to me something and I frankly I found it interesting because at the end of the day yeah. it's like I don't think you're like you know people get so caught up on their shit they're like oh well it's my artistic vision and blah 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 it's like okay cool you know if it's all about you then go make it for yourself and watch it at home right you know what I mean it's like you have like the thing that especially from us coming from a, a, an experimental theater background the one thing that drove me insane about experimental theater was when people said I don't care about the audience mm-hmm. that to me drove me insane it, it still drives I me I remember talking about it yeah yeah I, I get it like a visceral angry react mm-hmm. to this day this is like 10 years ago he's shaking his hands up in the air yes I know <laughs> I, 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 I oughta yeah well you know we'll, we'll, we'll have to do uh, the video feedback uh, later or something so you can see all this uh, we'll post the video but um like here's the thing it's like i have no problem man go make art for yourself there's nothing wrong with that i don't think that makes you better or worse but if you're asking people to give up their time or their money or their whatever Mm -hmm. you have to you can't you can't worry about entertaining everyone or making everyone happy that's impossible everyone watches a movie or a tv show or whatever and there's always going to be different opinions but you can't actively say I don't care because then you're actively disrespecting other people's time. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole thing is like whether or not it works is one thing. But like you, you got to you got to respect the fact that people are, are giving up their time because without them, then there is nothing. It's just it's just something that exists in a vacuum. You know what I mean? It's 
you know, I don't even remember the question, but I hope this answered it. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. How many um, how many new series or films are you are you guys pitching per year? Um, I mean, it depends. I mean, the thing is, is we got a lot of things in development. I mean, the way it kind of works is, you know, it takes. There's, there's different cycles because there's still the typical broadcast cycle, which still exists, where, mm-hmm. you know, you got to pitch something, you know, or late sometime in the summer, latest early fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you take it, you try to sell it to a network, and then hopefully it gets picked up for a pilot. You shoot the pilot. Hopefully the pilot's good. gets picked up for, for series, and then it goes on sometime in the fall or the spring of the following year. Um, so that still exists, uh, the, the classic, the classic broadcast cycle and broadcast year, but also now with streaming and stuff and all these different streamers that are popping up. I mean, Disney's doing something. Apple. Apple. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's changing a lot where you can also pitch all year round, Mm -hmm. you know, cause there's, there's, there's all the, you know, they, they'll just do shows whenever, you know, whatever fits their scheduling Tetris. Yeah. Um, so you can pitch. 365 days a year essentially yeah. so it depends like, so how much do you have in development uh right now we have a bunch of, i mean a bunch of different shows and that's not like a like a me trying to be a vague answer yeah but we've you know we've got different some of you know a couple of which right now are you know let's say a, a you know a handful that are almost ready to go and then there's others that you know we're talking with different writers about and then there's a whole like you know dozens of them where we go okay those are ones that we internally have like a two sentence log line of the uh-huh. kind of show we want it to be. And, um, you know, we don't have a writer or things or anything like that or really conversations, but we know those are things on deck of what that could be. And we'd like to get to that at some point. Got it. So it's all things like in various stages of development. And everything is based in the RTIP. Uh, I'll be, yeah, currently. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it is. So cool. Yeah. So leading up to your family reacquiring the Archie, Empire and then creating these series. What was your life like leading up to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, my life was cool. I grew up in suburban Westchester, uh, outside New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always kind of a nerdy, you know, into comics, into anime, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I always loved film and stuff like that. So that was something that I always, I always wanted to to pursue and. Good childhood. Nothing nothing crazy, you know. So was yeah. it an instant thing, like, once the company was re- was reacquired? Was it, okay, we're pitching this, we're trying to make this a show? Or was uh, there years long, of development? Years, 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 years. And, uh, I mean, it's cool. I mean, for me, it was, like, a really cool, eye-opening experience just to the way things work out in Hollywood in general, you know. Um, the various stages of development. I mean, at one point... It was going to be a film and then eventually became a TV thing. And, you know, it takes these things take years. And it's like it's funny, like, you know, like, you know, you, you watch like an award show or something and you like they'll interview like a producer or something. And he'll be like, or, you know, oh, I've been working on this movie for 10 years. And you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> OK. Like and then I'm like, I got out of my holy shit. No, like that's really how it goes. Like and I think the ones that persevere, whatever, it's cheesy to say it, but it's true. It's like you hear all these stories about people who are like, man, I was out here for 10 years, 15 years, whatever. You know, and I, you know, I was on the verge of giving up, but I didn't. And then right when I was about to, I, that thing broke through. And that really is how it goes, you know, and there's like. There's no timeline for it. It's just like you just can't give up if it's what you love to do, you know, if that's – I mean I hate to, again, sound like, you know, 
just being corny about it, but it's the truth, you know? Yeah. Have you ever thought about giving up? Like, have you had days where you're like, you know, there's something else I want to do in my life that's not acting, that's not film and TV? You know, it's so funny. Um, I don't have a specific answer to what it would be that I would do, mm-hmm. but there's absolutely days that I'm just like, I can't, I can't take this anymore. And, and like, the truth is, like, I wish I knew what it would have been. And, and luckily, I, maybe it's because I didn't know, I tr- didn't truly give up, but like, the one thing I personally don't believe and have never believed are, like, the people that are just, like, oh, like, acting's my reason for breathing. I can never give – I'm, like, dude, you need help. Go get a go get a beer. Go talk to someone. I don't know. Go go get laid. I don't know. But, like, like you be a human being. Like, the one thing I do try to do is, like, go home at night and, like, I try to let it go. You know, let whatever the day is, good, bad, whatever, you just got to let it go. But, you know, of course, like, I, I – I think if you don't have those doubts, you know, I, then you're not in check with yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I think it's a good thing to, to to have those moments to check in to also just be like, hey, do I really like doing this? You know what I mean? Because right. when it's, when there's those moments where, you know, I don't want to say it's rough, but just like, you know, a lot of, you know, pressure or whatever you want to call it, you know, the different things we all experience with trying to make something. You know, I think if you're not a hundred percent, if you don't have those doubts, then you're not a hundred percent sure that it is what you want to do. You know what I mean? It's like I think it's I think it's a healthy thing. I don't think it's a sign of weakness. You know, like uh, you know, you hear all these people, especially like acting teachers and shit. You know, just using the specific, specifically acting as a good example. There's like you can't have a plan B. It's like okay, you know, it's like well, what happens? You know what I mean? It's like we're all human beings. Like you, you can't you can't drive yourself insane it's just it's just not healthy take it take it day by day take a breath it doesn't make you weak because you you have a doubt i think it makes you human and i think it makes you in touch with the world it makes you realize that there's a whole world out there that doesn't revolve around you i actually think it's a sign of of sanity and humility not a sign of weakness do you like living out here i do i I love living in la it's funny because you know i grew up in the new york area um, so, you know, I kind of, until I moved out here, did, basically didn't know a day of life without New York City. Um, and it's funny, it's like, the first six months, it was, obviously, it was amazing. I finally, I'd always wanted to, I'd spend a lot of time out here, like, I knew LA, but like, you know, getting to just be out here every day, it was incredible, you know? And then after the six months, you're like, holy shit, like, now what? You know, the newness wears off, and then you go, there's this, like, is amazing, but like, it's a city, but it's really like the world's biggest suburb. You know, it's like, holy shit, things closed, like bars are closed at two. You know what I mean? It's like life stops. Like you have to drive everywhere. It's a very, very, very different animal. Than you, New plan. York. you plan. Yeah, you plan. You plan. You plan. You plan. I actually now at this point in my life have developed like a thread of people that I like I'm on a group chain for like weekend plans, not because like no disrespect, I like them. They're good people. I'm not trying to say they're not my friends. But, like, if I don't do that, I literally will not have a life. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like New York where it's just, like, spontaneous and hop from this place to the next. To the next and whatever. The metro, yeah, the subway. Exactly. You just go and and, and you, you can stop by things and keep going or whatever. Or just even just the fact you walk out your door and you're immediately part of life. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. when in, Living in New York, it was like you could make four plans – 
four or five different plans on a Friday night, and nobody was offended yeah. if, like, it's three of them you weren't going to go to. Right. Two you went to. Right. Here in L.A., it's like you have one plan, you know about it a month in advance. Absolutely. It's like you send out a Google Calendar notification, yeah. <laughs> and you, you go. You got to go. You got to check in a few days before. <laughs> you check for, like, the, yeah. you know, wait, you go in yeah. ways, see what the estimated traffic's going to look like. You send text, bring, bring some like, snacks on, and on my way, just in case, very last minute, mm-hmm. someone bails, so you're not getting the Uber or it whatever. It grows you up, doesn't it? It's insane. In a way. It's, it's insane. It's, it's different than New York. You can be a kid uh, a little more irresponsible in New York. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. and I will say, I think the public transportation thing in New York is, a like, it's a great, like, universal equalizer because it's like you can be a Wall Street billionaire or you can be homeless and you're both going to be on the subway. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you're going to both be the same, you know, and you're forced to interact with, with, with each other. You know, right. it's like in L.A., you get in your car or you get in your Uber – if you're even going to get in an Uber, you know, and interact with a person when you're, if you are willing to talk to your Uber driver, (laughs) people aren't, whatever. But, you know, uh, you know, you're so in your bubble and it's like, it could, on one hand, it's really cool, especially when I'm like, okay, I need an escape because in New York you can't. But on the other hand, it can be incredibly lonely, like incredibly, especially knowing how much there is that does go on out here and how like certain people, at least from the perception, seem to live these, freaking fabulous incredible amazing lives and you're, you're sitting home on a Friday night watching Netflix and you're going oh shit man like I could live in Topeka right, right now right <laughs> exactly you know what I mean it's like cool it's like yeah like I live in West Hollywood but I guess I'm living in West Covina it's like the same thing you uh-huh. know? Right. no just to West Covina it's a cool place I've been there it's very nice but like <laughs> you know you know but it's 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 um, it took a lot of adjusting but uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I I love I love living out here yeah what have you learned about pitching TV shows like what would you advice would you give to yourself from when you were starting yeah from where you are now what would you tell yourself the the big thing I've learned is you know there's like the expression less is more no more More is is more 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 is more more is more I think people who work as on the executive side at studios I think they're brilliant people I do I, I'm not one of those people who gets like on his bitter high horse because the thing didn't sell, you know, it's like, oh, they don't know anything. They don't understand my art. It's like, no, your pitch probably sucked. Like, I hate to say that, but like, it probably wasn't good. And, you know, the thing is, is like, they're very smart people and they, they know their business really well. And to make anything is millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. And you're asking somebody to write that check for you. So you have to put as much in there as you can. It doesn't mean like make it overly long for the sake of it, but don't hold back. Don't tease things. You know what I mean? Like make it clear. Like this is my show. This is my script. This is the story I want to tell. This is my movie, whatever. Make it clear because it's like... Honest, straightforward, and complete. Exactly. You know, it's like don't don't outsmart yourself by being super clever and holding back. It's like put it all out there and risk putting it all out there and maybe still have someone tell you, you know what, it wasn't for me okay but at least you know you left it all on the table it's like it's it's don't 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 shortchange yourself and don't don't trick yourself don't create shortcuts for yourself in the name of it being your process like you know look i think i'm not a writer you know and i've i i'm lucky that i get to deal with writers because i think some of them are the most brilliant people i've ever encountered in my entire life um you know 
certain writers, you know, they go, oh, well, you know, like, I don't really want to write out a pitch document. You know, I really just like, I talk very off the cuff. I just like to look the other person in the eye, you know, and just, just talk off the cuff. And then you go, okay, man, Good cool. Luck. Good luck. I know, I'm not saying you're not experienced. I'm not saying you haven't been in writer's rooms on great shows and whatever, but then all of a sudden you sit down with a bunch of people who, they, they want to say yes to stuff. They want shows, especially in the world we live in now with all these different places and the way people watch stuff. They're not looking to say no just because... But if you don't give them a reason to say yes, they will say no. So all of a sudden you're sitting across from a bunch of people that are like, okay, tell us what you have in mind. And the pressure's on and you have to talk to them for 45 minutes or an hour. It's really hard to fill that time if you don't know exactly what you're saying. So everyone's different. My one advice would be write out a full pitch document and like really write it out. A pitch document isn't two or three pages. It's like, you know, some pitch documents I've seen are like 10 pages, you know, 12 pages, 15 pages, single spaced. You know, like they're long, you know, they're really long and, and, and take the time and really rehearse it. You know, don't go in there just going, oh, I'm just going to talk and whatever. It's like, no, like rehearse it and be creative. You know, like, do you find it like, you know, like you go, oh, I want to play music in this moment, you know, and like actually play the music or, oh, I want to show this thing or show these images or do a lookbook or whatever. It's like, do it like Mm -hmm. risk, risk, risk being wrong. You know what I mean? Don't hold back. You know, if it's not for someone else, it's not for them. It's like, same thing. It's like, it's like dating, you know, it's like, you you know, you're sitting with someone, it's like, you could try to give them what you think they want, or you can be yourself. And you know what, if you're yourself and the other person doesn't feel it, they don't feel it. But at least you go, okay, like I was me, you know, it doesn't make them a bad person. You just didn't click, you know, but I think trying to guess at what people want or or holding back or something, no one's going to want that because then they're just going to go, okay, that was it. Like whatever. Right. You know, so. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered the question. That's great advice. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's brilliant advice. What were the pitches like when you guys pitched both Sabrina and Riverdale? Yeah, I mean, they were, I mean, like a lot of, a lot of work. uh, I mean, they were just incredible, incredible tons of work uh, that went into them. Um, Was there a big difference being that you were pitching to a generic network, or sorry, maybe what's that? Just a, the best to, term? Just a standard broadcast the standard network. standard network or versus a streaming network. Uh, no, I mean, generally the way it goes with pitches in general is like, hey man, you want to be with whoever wants you, you know? So mm-hmm. you give it 100% every time. You know, I can't speak for other people. I mean, you know, I'm sure certain people are like, oh, I'd rather be at this place or that place or whatever, but at least in our experience, it's like, hey, you know, it's like, who wants it the most, you know? And that's the people you want to be with, you know? that, And I think that's just in any business. So, right. uh, you, cause you never, you never know how it's going to work and you can't take anything for granted. You can't assume, oh, this place would want it over this place. You know, it's like, you just got to give it your all a hundred percent of the time, you know? And, uh, that's, that's just the honest truth. That's maybe not like the most exciting answer, but it is the truth. And, and, and if you, it, if anyone takes a mentality of otherwise, I'm like, Good luck. You know, it will come back to bite you in the ass. And by the way, next time you do want to pitch to that place that you kind of like, we're like, oh, I don't care about them. But maybe then all of a sudden you're working on something else. And you're like, oh, I really want to be at this this network or this studio or whatever. Believe me, they will remember that you came in and did not give it your all or, mm. you know, they, they know. <laughs> they don't forget. So your tone talking to us right now is mm-hmm. drastically different than your tone on social media. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Define to me 
who Jesse Goldwater, the Facebook blogger, is yeah. versus <laughs> Jesse Goldwater, By the way, the human being. To anyone who is listening to this, feel free if you want to friend me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram, President Goldwater. Um, not that I'm begging for followers, but just if, if, if it will help you understand what we're about to talk about. It's worth it. Feel free to do it. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's so interesting. Okay. And this is, this is me now. Probably, this is probably going to be honestly talking at my most personal. Um, the reason I, I post a lot of very aggressive content <laughs> on social media. I very much appreciate you guys being supportive of it. But it's also quite it. sarcastic. Yes. And, but also phrased in such a way uh, that somebody who's not being sarcastic would phrase it. Yes. You're playing a character. Yes. Right. And I am playing a character, but this is the God's honest truth. It's also, in a lot of ways, my most honest self. Um, and literally you, LMAO. Literally me, LMAO, with a couple <laughs> O's and a, and a kissy emoji. <laughs> um, but, you know, I used to carry all this, I used to feel like I had a lot of anxiety, you know, and, um, and I, I still do in a lot of ways, but like, you know, I, I used to have, you know, I don't want to say it's always necessarily dark thoughts or whatever it might be, but I have all these other sides of my personality that I was like, I didn't know how to express them and I didn't know like where to talk about it or how to talk about it or whatever. And in a lot of ways it actually would affect me socially because I feel like, like, Oh, like, like right now, like, look, obviously I've known you guys for 10 years. I don't, I feel super comfortable around, around you guys, but it's a different, it's a different thing. But even like, to be honest, in the past, if I hadn't been doing all this, what I do by posting whatever on social media, I probably would have felt stressed to see you guys again. Because mm-hmm. like, there's a side of me that I would have been holding back, you know, of like just things that I think are funny or weird or whatever. Or frankly, like I would judge it. I go, oh man, like maybe this is some psychotic shit. Like whatever, whatever it might be, <laughs> you know. And you know, I used to like I can't remember how long ago. It was probably about three, four, five years ago already now probably about five, I started posting just like memes and shit, stuff that I thought was funny, but in the past might have been too afraid to share because I would have thought like, oh, people won't find it funny or they'll think I'm weird because I find it funny or whatever it might be. And slowly over time, I kept doing it and I started posting stuff that's frankly like more aggressive or darker, whatever words you want to use to describe it. And I did it to kind of be like, hey, let me not push the envelope. I don't care about that. No, I'm nobody. No one cares about, you know, me pushing the envelope means nothing. No one's paying attention to me. Not famous. But by doing it and putting all this stuff out there, especially on Facebook, which is like, you know, Instagram's a little different because you can have a public profile and strangers can see you, whatever. Like Facebook especially, it's like, it's your friends. It's your people who kind of maybe know you even mm-hmm. if not super well. They're people kind of at least have to have like interacted with you in real life. Mm-hmm. So it's like by putting that stuff out there, all of a sudden, like I felt like I was able to express a side of myself that I would kind of carry within. And thus by doing it, all that stress or pressure I felt was alleviated. It like it then all of a sudden it has no power over me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I don't think I'm a sociopath. <laughs> and I, I think none of us sitting at this table are, but like, you know, like I'd watch something like American Psycho and you'd have those scenes where Patrick Bateman has the inner monologues, right? And like I'd have that same thing with myself and I go, holy shit, like maybe there's something wrong with me. And, you know, I would just, I turn it into like, you know, things I post on social media and 
by doing it and having people you know react haha or like it or whatever it's not it's not a validation it doesn't pump up my ego but it frees me from the stress of thinking there's something wrong about me mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like by putting it all out there all of a sudden it's like cool you know it's like and then all of a sudden i can hang out with you guys and by the way i'm thrilled and happy you're asking me about it but if you didn't I wouldn't care either. You know what I mean? I go, it's all out there for, it's like, let me put out my most, in a weird way, my most personal shit for the world to see. And not personal meaning like specific details of my life, but just like my worldview. Like the, the, like we all have like multiple sides of ourselves, right? We have the side that we show everybody, the person in Starbucks, whoever it might be, you know, then there's the side that like our close family and friends only see. And then there's the side that like only we ourselves show Mm -hmm. and I can't say like I've gotten to the point where I've truly showed exactly what goes on in me but I try to at least show as much of it as I can that I'm comfortable with and then thus I don't feel that pressure it's 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 a very therapeutic thing for me it's very freeing um by putting it all out there I'm like hey whatever you know like if people don't want to talk to me cool don't you know I love that approach so much I think for so many people like social media there is this pressure only to show the best side of themselves. 100%. Like only mm-hmm. post about the accomplishments, da, 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 da. And it just, it backfires. It just cycles back. It makes more pressure to do those things, more anxiety over, like, oh, if people only knew the real, you know, exactly. if only they could actually see in, they wouldn't respect me or like me or look up to me or exactly. anything. Exactly. Like, and, and then crazy. 100%. Business. And, like, for me, it's like looking at other people, it's like I assume they're doing better than me. You know what I mean? And by the way, frankly, I think a lot of people are doing better than me. But it's like that thing where it's just like, I, I'm not going to lie and say what I post isn't crafted. Of course it's actually, I'm going to be completely honest. Some Like even the most ridiculous status update that like, you guys <laughs> yeah. are talking about, like I'll sometimes spend multiple like times rewriting it, redrafting it, whatever, as like, because it's also like kind of a punchline in its own weird way. But like, you know, it's like, I'm not saying I'm fighting against that because I don't, I, I'm not that big of an egomaniac because I'm not. And by the way, it's like, who am I to say? Like, if people want to show the best side of themselves, good on you too. I don't judge any of it. It's just like using it for something that makes me feel good as opposed to something that I think should, you know, like not make other people feel good, but like be used in a way that's like how 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 people think it should be used. I'm like, this is how I want to use it. Whether it's, whether people think it's insane or nonsensical or hilarious or weird or sad or whatever, I don't care. This is what I choose to use it for, and I feel I feel comfortable and confident in myself. And it also relieves the pressure of putting up the perfect post and putting up mm-hmm. the whatever. By the way, that being said, sometimes I will post up, and then I like shortly after I'll be like, oh, I don't know about that, and I'll delete. Might delete later. Yeah, I, I, I delete later. <laughs> I definitely delete later. And by the way, there's no shame in deleting. So, um, so. We were supposed to get together Friday night. Yes. You said you might have a Tinder date. Yes. So now I'm thinking about you on a Tinder date. Yes. And I'm just wondering, like, so when you go on a Tinder date. Yeah. Um, Tinder's a relatively new thing for me. I actually only gotten on it this year. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. As um, I'm kind of loving it. I'm loving the cesspool aspect of it. I think it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fucking keeps amazing. Keeps you up at night, Swipe. It's, oh, my God. It's so I'm on Unlimited. I don't give a fuck. I'll pay. I'll pay the fee. It's incredible. <laughs> I, it's so good. It's so fun. When I moved to Philadelphia, there's not a huge yeah. gay population. It's yeah. not pretty big, but yeah. I swiped through through everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, it literally said right, there are no more matches. Back. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm going to no, da- right. download got- Bumble now yeah. up and got through that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of sad, but just curious, like, um, how much of yourself do you put out on a first date? Like, are you talking about the, oh, yeah, I would say you come from a successful family, yeah. you know, uh, like, 
Is that something you're willing to put out there on a first date? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest about what it is I do. I don't get into specifically, like, my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and it's not, it's, I'm not uber paranoid and I don't I personally don't care if some some chick's like hey whatever he's a rich dude I want to fuck him cool let's go like whatever I don't care <laughs> do not care but like it's it's more like it's more the idea of just like I also want to get to know her the other person you know what I mean it's like you know I I don't know it's a case by case basis it really depends but yeah I do hold back that's yeah. smart. See, I, I didn't do that when yeah. I started dating. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So for the last year, yeah. I was working for the Mexican cartel yeah. and was selling 10 pounds of meth but per week. But that's badass, though. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I do comic books. You got the you, Walter White. You were, um, you're fucking Heisenberg. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? So I wouldn't hold that back. <laughs> instant blowjob. <laughs> well, it's the gay world, so it's yeah. an instant blowjob. Well, that's an instant blowjob anyway. Right. That's the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody thinks, right? right. Don't right. you? Don't you? Right. You uh, give each other a head and then you go out to dinner. That's right. Yeah, you decide then if you want to actually. That's yeah. the appetizer. Right, exactly. <laughs> have there good. been a bunch of people who have come out of the woodwork work and like asked you for roles on the shows or asked you for production jobs? Or, yeah, you know no, what I mean, people. Some people have, you know, and like for the most part, I will say this the people that have are people that I would say were actually at least friends of mine enough that um, I would be happy to help them. And by the way, for the most part, unless you were a real fucking asshole, uh, and, and luckily there's very few people on that list in my lifetime that, you know, have been that bad that I go never for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, for the most part, yeah, some people have, but you know, I'm happy to help because you know what? It's like, by the way, there's still times I could use help and I wish people would help me. And, you know, it's like, you never know. It's like, you know, you, you never know how like life can work. I'm very much a believer in the six degrees of separation thing. First of all, I'm a believer in be nice to everybody because it's just the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Can't say I'm a perfect person, but like, and that I do it all the time, but I really try to, but it's also like, you never know. You never know. Like you never know how you have one conversation with one person and all of a sudden it leads to something else and you meet someone else and, and then all of a sudden you guys are doing something and then all of a sudden you look back five years later and you're like, oh my God, if I we hadn't talked about that one thing that night, this whole thing would never would have happened. You know, it's like there's I've had so many experiences of my life where that has happened and, um, you know, so I'm always like, hey, you know, if I can, I'm happy to help, you know. Um, That's good advice for everybody. Yeah. I'm wondering what advice you would give to uh, somebody that is the age that we were the last time we were hanging out. Yes. I go, you know, just getting out. Maybe maybe they're out there trying to get started or yeah. maybe they're just finishing training, deciding yeah. whether they're going to go into training. What advice would you give them? Uh, specifically for actors, don't stop going to classes. Like, don't. Like, I, I did. I did, and I got to be honest. Like I, I actually take classes now at least Strasburg here in LA, and I, I love it. I, I, had, I had done Strasburg in New York before, and it's just what works for me. So there's, you know, obviously there's Adler, there's we we were in ETW, there's there's all different schools. ETW not, means experimental yeah, theater wing, experimental by the way. Theater. Mm-hmm. Experimental yeah, the theater, experimental theater, theater. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. There's all the different approaches. There's the different yeah. approaches. Um, to stay in classes, just just not even for anything. It's not about training or like. Um, I mean, obviously, it's always about keeping up and trying to be better. But like, p- particularly with acting, it's like stay in a class and treat it just as fun. Treat it as joy. And that was something that I, I lost. And frankly, part of it, you know, I will be honest. I had a couple teachers um, that 
in my experience, sucked the joy out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were some that were great. But do it, do it for you for the fun of it, you know what I mean? So that when you're pursuing a career, you always remember why you got into it in the first place. Because I, I forgot. I got to be honest. I forgot. And I'll be honest. There was, a, there was a period of my life where I actually convinced myself um, I hated acting. You know, it, you know, cause I, I was so, I, I wasn't doing it. It wasn't, it's not only, it's not that it wasn't fun. It just was, I wasn't having fun doing it. I, I didn't allow, I didn't give myself the permission to have fun cause I was putting so much pressure anytime I got an audition or, you know, you have to go to meetings with agents and things and all that. Like I, I was putting pressure on myself. I can't blame the outside world. There's nothing to do with them. They don't care. There's a thousand, there's a billion people who want in the industry, you know what I mean? So you know, no one, no one can do it for you, but I, I lost the fun of it along the way. So I'd say stay in classes for sure. And then it's just like, in terms of just like general entertainment, just try, especially when you're young, like, you know, early twenties, whatever, just finishing up school, out of school, like try everything you can, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you're interested in trying production, why not? try to get an internship, especially if you're still in school or something, you know, work at a production, try to get an internship at a production company or, you know, try to, you know, do different things. And, you know, if you don't like it after a couple months, it's okay, quit. Like, who cares? It's, it's, it's not the end all be all. Don't worry so much about, oh, if I do this, I'm going to be boxed in forever. Like, do everything you can to just, because you, to go back to the previous conversation, it's like, you never know how you'll end up getting successful at what you get successful at and how it works that way. And, you know, my one advice is just just try everything. Now, don't don't do things if you don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like that's the one flip of it too. Is I remember when we were first finishing up school. Like a lot of times, people would be like, "Oh, like be in my short film," or "Oh, be in my play." You know, it's a great opportunity. You never know. And like deep down in my gut, I was like, "I just don't want to do this because I don't want to do this. Like it's not interesting to me. It doesn't sound fun, and I would do it anyway." And of course, it didn't turn out good because I didn't want to do it. So it's like you don't have to just give yourself busy work, but if it's something you want to try, listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. And here's the thing: if you don't like it, quit. It's not a big deal. Believe me, the world will move on. The, you're not going to burn down your entire, you know, uh, you know, Hollywood bridge because you tried being, you know, an intern or a PA on a set or something, and you know, you did it for a couple weeks and you didn't like it. And you quit. Believe me, they'll they will forget. It's not a big deal. So just just try stuff because it's what you want to do. And like you said, listen to yourself. The permanent record of Hollywood that yeah. everyone thinks exists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does if you're a dick. That's just right. the right. Well, that's, just, that's yeah. just like the dick permanent yeah. record. Yeah, there's a like, dick permanent record. Yeah. By the way, we're starting an entire uh, dick permanent record. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Actually, I actually think that should be your next podcast. Dick, <laughs> dick permanent record. It could be literal. I think that's I mean a lot. That's the great thing about it. It's very layered. It's very, Maybe that's it's a multifaceted show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, please, can we call it that? It's very nuanced. Very subtle. I think it's actually great. As someone who's a purveyor of content, I think it's great content. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, we Jesse. look forward to Thanks, seeing guys. your shows on TV thank and you, your you. most personal inner commentary on social media. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I'm glad we got this. Is there out. anything you want to plug? Uh, <laughs> not the, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we did. I think we did it. Right. Cool. Sure. Thank you. All right. Cut it. <laughs>